This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Molly. And I'm Matthew. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. And today we're talking about celebration food, which is the food eaten in Celebration, (laughs) Florida, the planned community of the Walt Disney Company. Wait, is that really what... I think so. What? Wow. That's so cool. Yeah. No, really, what we're talking about today uh, is is like what, what you eat for like family celebrations. Well, let's let's uh, this is this was sparked by a listener email. So you can think of this entire episode as a spilled mail segment. Great. It was suggested by listeners Mission Maddie, who wrote, Growing up in our family, when it's your birthday, you get to choose what to eat for lunch and dinner. Breakfast is usually a family tradition of two eggs cooked any way you want with whatever you want, preferably made for you by someone else. <laughs> well, it's your birthday. You can cook your own eggs. <laughs> However, dinner is the birthday person's choice. My selection from about four years old on- onwards was Chinese-style lobster noodle, which has become my daughter's selection as well. It's not about the lobster. It's about the noodle. That sounds great. So we wondered what other families have as their celebration food, which could be to celebrate anything, not just a birthday and isn't just cake. Okay. I love this. This was really – this made me think because – Me too. Um, this like I, I went places philosophically that I didn't expect it to expect. Yeah, to go. I, I want to start out talking about birthdays. Yeah, because it made me realize that we don't have a lot of birthday traditions in my family, like neither my family of origin nor like the the family that I have made as an adult, like. The family that you've sculpted. Uh, There's there's really like no I can't think of a single thing that we always do on a birthday. No, I don't think we particularly have that either. Although like certainly like getting to choose what you eat and not having to do chores. Those are kind of the birthday traditions. Interesting. Chores. Like like uh, I usually I usually wash the dishes after dinner and if and if it's my birthday wife of the show Lori will wash the dishes after okay dinner. okay okay that's uh, Gosh, I don't even think we go that far in my household like I I truly well no think, that, I mean that's going pretty far no no but I truly think that there is like nothing 
that I mean, when I think about like things that we do that are like special Mm. on birthdays, other than like presents or whatever, the things that come to mind are only like the big and sort of rare occasions. Like, yeah, I remember in 2017, I wanted to go hiking for my birthday. So Ash and I both took off work and we went and hiked the Snow Lake Trail here in Washington State. Uh, (laughs) The spoiler, spoiler alert, there's Snow Lake. uh, (laughs) Good one. Good one. And then in 2018, it was my 40th birthday. So I we actually had like a, a big party. But otherwise, like, uh, I can't even think of something that I always eat or like something that always is done for me or like, we're definitely not like a breakfast in bed family. No, that sounds terrible. Yeah, no. I, and the other thing is, is, and here's something that I find myself thinking about, and maybe you do too, which is that... I am far and away the main cook in my household. Sure, me too. I like the way I make things. Yeah. So I don't want my spouse to make my coffee, even on Mm, my birthday. I think that there there are certain recipes that actually I might be like, Ash, would you make this thing that you're good at making? So just like because I enjoy it and then I also don't have to cook. But I think what's really tricky, and maybe I'm just a control freak or something, but I think maybe what I would want is maybe more freedom to do the things that I want to do for myself. Oh, sure. As opposed to maybe having somebody do things for me. Yeah. So, like, I keep thinking of more celebration foods that we have that that I didn't think of when I was, uh, like, putting stuff on the agenda. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, when I was a kid... Uh, are we, we would, talking birthdays still here? Uh, yeah. Or, or are we moving on to holidays? Uh, I'm going to move on to holidays pretty quick. Great. Okay. So, uh, for my birthday when I was a kid, I would always want uh, Hot Lips Pizza, which was a uh, local pizza chain in Portland. Mm-hmm. I would get, uh, and I still get some often, like, want a pizza like this from Pagliacci, uh, which is, like, a local chain in Seattle, uh, but I would get uh, pepperoni, sausage, green pepper, mushroom, onion. Okay. Would be, would be good. my pick. Yeah. And those are kind of still my favorite pizza toppings. Yeah. 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 Um, so that was, that was always, always a big hit. Uh, and this episode is coming out like right, like a week after my birthday. And a week so, before mine. Yes. So if you see us on the street, give us pizza. Celebrate us. So, yeah. If you if you see me walking by and the tear gets in my eye, look away, and then celebrate us. And then celebrate, <laughs> but us. don't look at us. But don't don't look at the tears. Uh, okay, what what else from that, your childhood? That song would for sure be on Cold FM. <laughs> I, I'm struggling to remember. It, it. was Chicago. Okay. Was that um, Peter Cetera? Yeah, I think it was Peter Cetera. It might have been after Peter Cetera left the band and there was another guy who sounded like Peter Cetera. Okay. I think that might have been the case. I'm okay. not sure. Okay, so let's talk about uh, holidays. Um, yeah. Like celebration traditions around holidays. Okay. We always have Cornish pasties for Thanksgiving. I've talked about it on the show a million times before. Okay. Uh, my family does have like, you know, we, we have a more conventional Thanksgiving complete with the conventional things. We have particular mm-hmm. recipes we like, but I wouldn't call that like celebration food. Right. I am thinking, though, about Christmas. All right. So my Aunt Tina, my mother's twin sister, who lived in Northern California, I always associate this with her, the idea of having Dungeness Crab on Christmas Eve. Sure. So even though the Dungeness Spit and Dungeness Crab, I, I associate much more with Washington State than with Northern, Northern California, 
when I was growing up in Oklahoma, like we did not get fresh Dungeness crabs, sure. right? And so it felt like a really big special thing when we would spend Christmas in California and have Dungeness crab on Christmas Eve. And now that I live on the West Coast and have for, wow, 21 years this fall, I always have Dungeness crab, if not on Christmas Eve, sometimes on New Year's Eve. Okay. But always. Our Christmas Eve tradition is uh, homemade tamales. And okay. uh, we almost almost always do uh, pork and red chili, mm-hmm. um, and we make a large number of them that will that will be like at least three meals worth. Oh, that's great! Um, and usually, I think we usually eat them on Christmas Eve, and then again sometime during the day on Christmas. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And it's uh, it's a lot of work, and it's always pays off. And do you feel like your tamale technique has improved a lot? Kind of no, because we only do it once a year. Like I think, like it, I think it probably has, but it's sort of hard to tell. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm still, I'm still not good at spreading the masa on the on the husks. I know. I feel like uh, last October we did a dumpling night with uh, with some friends of ours, where we made two different types of dumplings, mm-hmm. and we made like hundreds of them, and. Uh, they were so ugly. I mean, they were terrible. They were we were making like shot stickers, basically. Um, I'm good at folding those. I bet you are. I bet you are. But it made me realize, like, God, if we did this every October, I don't even know if we'd get better because it would yeah. still only be once a year. Right. But Is this I what like they the call idea um, high that. intensity interval training? Yes, that's right. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Another thing that we always do at Christmas and that now I do because June loves it so much is um, I make cinnamon rolls. Nice. And, you know, I don't love cinnamon rolls. I really don't. I love cinnamon rolls. I when they're d- when they're good and gooey. Like I kind of don't yeah. give a fuck. Interesting. And I make cinnamon rolls that I really like with like a cream cheese frosting. I think the dough's pretty good. June loves them. Brandon loves them. Ash loves them. I don't really care. If it were up to me, but aren't I, you happy because your because your people are happy? I am happy okay. because my people are happy. Um, I, if it were up to me, I would have scones, which is something that my sister kind of started a tradition of uh, scones on Christmas morning. That sounds good. But nobody in my family likes scones as much as I do, so I'm screwed. I'm stuck with these cinnamon roll lovers. I like scones. You could you could come over and make scones for me. Okay, okay. So we have a dinner calendar that we've been keeping for years and years just on our Google calendar. Mm-hmm. So I can look back like probably 10 years and see what we had for dinner on any given night. Mm. So I was able to look back and see that. uh, So for Lori's birthday this year, we visited December at college and ate in an excellent fried chicken restaurant in Bellingham called Bantam that we really liked. Mm -hmm. Uh, For December's birthday last year, we had bistro night featuring beef bourguignon. I don't, I don't remember what else, but that was the, that was the star. Mm -hmm. Uh, For my birthday last year, we had taco salad. And the year before that, I think we were on the spilled milk retreat and you made cacio e pepe. Mm -hmm. That sounds um, right. That was great. That was a re- that was a really good food retreat. We did um, green chili cheeseburgers the first night yes. and cacio e pepe on your birthday. Yeah, we we yeah. I think we do birthday pizza uh, a lot. And this would be like takeout pizza. Yeah. Okay. And I may be conflating two birthdays, but I think the most epic birthday eating we've ever done was for December's birthday in Tokyo in 2019. And you, Molly, were present for part of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so we had breakfast at Mr. Donut. Yep. Uh, lunch at Coco Ichiban Curry, Curry Chain. Uh-huh. And uh, Okonomiyaki. Okonomiyaki at Penguin Village for yes. dinner. Yes. So these were all December's picks. And we were like, yep, we could do all that in one day. And we did. It was amazing. Oh, I love that. I, yeah. I don't think I'm ever going to keep a dinner calendar the way that you do, although I don't know why not, because I aspire to it, but I I just don't think I'm going to get around to it. Sure. 
that said, I do like the idea of having a place where I can see what we did on birthdays because I think so. I adore Christmas, and what I adore about Christmas are the putting things in a tent are the traditions. Like I find Christmas Day itself to be kind of a letdown. But I love the like lead up to Christmas, the anticipation, the traditions, the caroling, all that stuff. You're always going and, over to the chimney and looking up there to see if anyone's coming down. <laughs> That's right. I just can't wait. But I wonder if I could cultivate that same kind of anticipation around traditions and things at other times of the year. If only I could like remember what we did the year before. Molly, that is a fucking brilliant segue to the thing I was going to say next. Oh, I'm great. so proud of us. Oh, good. Okay. What are you going to say? Okay. So... Back in 2020, a year you may remember, I don't remember exactly. I wish I wish uh, wife of the show, Lori, was here to like tell tell exactly what her friend said, uh, her friend's kid said. Her friend Darsa had been like cooking like good dinners at home because like it was a pandemic. Everyone was at home. She was like doing grocery orders and like just making everyone's favorites because what else are you going to do? And uh, one of her kids said, uh, Mom, it seems like we're really eating kingly lately. Ah! And we love this so much that like we, we immediately like incorporated this into our vocabulary and uh, really, I think, have like kind of stuck with the idea of eating kingly uh-huh. ever since then that like, you know, life is short and like the shit could go down at any time. Why not be like eating your favorites most of the time? Yes. Um, And so that's what we kind of, kind of like without like, you know, being like uh, dogmatic about it. Like that's what I try and do is like, you know, cook things that are that are people's favorites. Yeah. And so because of that, there isn't like much of a difference between like like celebration food as something you look forward to and like everyday food. Because like, you know, December and I had Mapo tofu like that I made for dinner the other night, which is probably the best thing that I make. And was like, we're not going to get better food than this anywhere else. It's true. And I think I mean, if, if I I can like talk about this from like a little bit of a serious angle for a second. I think some of it too is that, that I I know that both you and I have, uh, have and continue to work hard to divest from diet culture. And, and I think too, that at least for me, divesting from diet culture also means like not depriving myself. And so therefore every day has elements of what I think might have been celebration foods in my yeah, childhood. Exactly. Right. So I've been I've been realizing this year that like I sort of like like Lori and I went to went to Tokyo in, in spring and uh, you know we did an episode about it. And we had a wonderful time. And what I'm about to say is like the very definition of a first world problem, which is that ev- we had such a nice time spending two weeks in Tokyo that every day since we got back of like, man, think I would sure would be happier if, if we were like on vacation in Tokyo right now instead of at home doing like regular like every day-to-day stuff and like our life here is excellent like it's fine that that's sort of like how vacations work I think and there's mm-hmm. no there's oh, no I, like yeah I think that's like baked in to yeah. vacation but so I don't ever want to like get into that situation with food where I'm like you know I can't wait until like sometime in the future when I get to eat yeah. my favorite food again oh that um, yes yeah, although yeah. we're taking December back to uh, to college um, at the at beginning of September, or like right, right, right around the time you're hearing this episode, and uh, we are going for bistro night at a bistro in Bellingham that December and I went to before that was so good, and I'm really excited about that. But I want to clarify, yeah. too, that what I think that is, is like giving yourself things to look forward to, Yeah, which is, I think, part of living well... Uh, 
We should in, turn this in episode. a life that is otherwise can be quite like mundane and repetitive, right? Yeah. So we have to give ourselves things to look forward to, but it doesn't mean that you're going to deprive yourself of tasty food until then, right? Exactly. Yeah. So we need to turn this episode into a best-selling self-help book. Oh, great. Let's call it Eating Kingly. Let's call it Eating Kingly. It's going to be one of those books where there's like one like pithy aphorism on every page so we don't have to work too hard. Oh, I thought you were going to say there's going to be one pithy aphor- aphorism, but we're going to make a whole book out of it. <laughs> Well, I mean, yes, of course. Yeah. Anyway, no, Let's not, just, not to get preachy, yeah. but I, but I Let's do get preachy. No, but I do think about this because I, I think that f- for me as a child, celebration foods were often things that I didn't have on a regular basis. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is inherently what celebration food is. I think most of the time it's special stuff. But yeah, for me as an adult, I it's not a line I've been interested in drawing. What if we called the book Make Every Day a Celebration? Oh, wow. That's brilliant. Pretty I've never good, heard that right? before. Yes. Anyway. Wait, what if we called it Bloom Where You're Planted? Oh, I love that. Oh, my God. We should totally make <laughs> we like should bumper totally stickers. We should totally trademark or, that. Oh, let's make fridge magnets. Yes. Let's make T-shirts. I feel like fridges have been getting less magnetic lately. Have you noticed this? Um, I, I don't mean I don't I mean like that, my fridge has been like slowly losing its magnetism <laughs> over time. I think like I feel like people want like stainless steel appliances yeah, no, that are totally like, less true. likely. But this to- has been happening for a while. No, it just started today. Oh, okay. I just I've identified the trend. Anyway, I'm a trend I, spotter. I love this question, yes, Mish and Maddie, because it really made me think about me like what is celebration food and and what do I want celebration food to be? You know? Yeah. I mean, I think I think sort of where we're coming down is like we want celebration food to be like different enough to to like mark the celebration and be uh-huh. and be a tradition, but not like better food that you only get to and you only get to enjoy like the really good food a couple times a year. Yeah. Well said. This episode is brought to you by Town Place Suites by Marriott. Whether you're traveling for work, need a place to stay while your home is being remodeled, or maybe you're just enjoying a relaxing week away, well, Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the comforts of home. Yeah. So they've got a full kitchen, uh, they've got you can borrow appliances like if you want a blender or a slow cooker while you're traveling you can borrow it no charge uh-huh so like you could invite your friends or your coworkers over for like a post meeting drink you can bring your pet totally you, allowed oh I love this oh I see they even have special pet items you yep. can use and they have the built-in alpha closet system nothing makes me happier <laughs> when I am traveling and I have like a place to put away my clothes mm-hmm. Molly has seen what happens when I don't have a place to put away my clothes nobody wants to see nobody, that nobody yeah so like a whole closet system where I can really like unpack for reals I am down well this is made for you then and this is town place Suites by Marriott. Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the amenities you need to feel at home during your stay. Find the comforts of home at Town Place Suites. Go there with Marriott Bonvoy. This episode is brought to you by Masterclass. Masterclass is the website that takes you from that thing you've always wanted to learn to learning that thing. Well, and you can learn it from the person who's literally the best at it in the world. Oh, come on. Really the best in the world? Yeah. Like, remember I watched those videos with uh, with Steph Curry on, like, you know, how to have proper, like, basketball shooting form and That's stuff. That's right. You And you have been sinking so many through 
series <laughs> since then. It's ridiculous. I just can't stop. Um, okay, well, I took a class with Hans Zimmer, film composer. Maybe you've heard of <laughs> movies such as The Lion King. Mm, Maybe mm-hmm. you've heard of Gladiator, yep. The Dark Knight. Dune. He did all of those. I loved And Dune. now he's teaching me how to do it. Like, the art of making Has people feel to things. This? To, to teach me? Yeah. Yeah, because because I've got a master class subscription. Oh, okay. All right. Well, you know, Matthew, I also hear that if you want to take a class, say, from like Alice Waters or Thomas Keller or even like Yotam Orolenghi, yeah. you can get essentially what are like private lessons. Now, granted, they're they're. They're on Masterclass. Yes. But private lessons did, from right. these people. Odalenghi doesn't come to your house, That's but right. virtually he does. That's right. So Masterclass makes all of this possible, and you get unlimited access to the very world's best teachers. And you will get 15% off an annual membership right now at masterclass.com slash spilledmilk15. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash spilledmilk15. Masterclass.com slash spilledmilk15. Matthew, we've got some spilled mail. It's from listener Megan, who writes, Does your nighttime snack slash dessert change seasonally? I've noticed that certain nighttime snacks that I favor in the fall, winter, tea, cookies, crunchy snacks like pretzels, just don't sound as good to me in the summer. Right now, I'm all about ice cream, ice cream bars, sparkling water, and popcorn. It makes sense, of course, because of the change in temperature, but I wondered if anyone else is the same. Thanks for the show, listener Megan. That's a great question, and it's interesting. Uh, well, I love, for one thing, that listener Megan includes both like sweet and savory yeah. things in her evening snack repertoire. Uh, for me, the short answer is it doesn't change seasonally. Mm-hmm. I would just say I go through phases. Yeah. Like right now, there's a particular chocolate bar I'm really into. The, what is it? Uh, the Tony's Choco Lonely uh, Sea Salt and Almond. Do you know the the story behind that name? Because no, I don't. I, I don't. June, okay. is, June asks me at least <laughs> once a month what the story is, and I don't know. Anyway. I think that um, other brands of dark chocolate with almond and sea salt can either be like too salty mm-hmm. or or the size of the almond chunks are wrong. In this case, it's all perfect. And I freaking love this bar of chocolate. So right now, or maybe for like the last two months, I've really been in a rut with that. But then I'll go through an ice cream period where I have ice cream every single night for like a month. Yeah. And then I'll kind of fall off of that. So for me, it's not so much seasonal, although I do definitely relate to having tea at night in certain seasons and not mm, in others. I like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say mine does not vary seasonally that much, although I certainly enjoy like a like a fruity popsicle in the summer and I'm not going to get a fruity popsicle in the winter, uh, especially like those. Uh, what are what are the ones, you know, you know that one brand? That that like tastes a little more like fruit than like Is a it popsicle. The outshine, one? outshine. Yeah. Thing. Yes, the one, the one that was uh, uh, created by Soundgarden. Oh uh, well, no! What I was going to say is that. Well, I have a question actually. Yeah. Does does what you want as your snack slash dessert? Does it vary throughout the day? Like for instance, oh, yeah. for instance, I would never have a popsicle, a fruit popsicle for dessert at night. Oh, I but often do. I would have a fruit popsicle after lunch. Big time. Yeah, I, I might do both. No, I never would choose it after dinner. After dinner, I would want chocolate. Or if I had something that involved fruit, it would need to be like a fruit 
like a cobbler or something like that. Yeah, I would say like my most frequent snack is is nuts and especially hazelnuts. Mm -hmm. I try and keep those those on hand at all times, any time of year. Ice cream is definitely a year round thing Mm -hmm. around here. Mm -hmm. There there are some cereals that I really enjoy snacking dry. So Mm. if those if that's in the house, I will snack on those like uh, like Frosted Flakes, certainly. Um, and corn checks, corn checks is a great dry snack. Okay. Whereas, whereas I think uh, I, I enjoy frosted mini wheats a lot as a as a milk cereal, but it will tear up your mouth if you eat them dry. Yeah, it'll really mess with you. But I have eaten a lot of dry frosted mini wheats. Sure. I remember actually on on our honeymoon, Brandon and I ate like boxes of dry frosted mini wheats while driving through BC. Wow. I know. So, so sexy. (laughs) No, but I distinctly remember being in like a ferry line, like along the Sunshine Coast or something like like digging handfuls of frosted mini weeds out of the box. You know what? Listener Megan uh, uh, mentioned sparkling water. One thing that I have been having recently because it's in the house and because it's been hot and like I would never have in the winter is Lori, I think I mentioned this on a recent episode, got me a little thing of like drops of concentrated tropical punch Kool-Aid. And it's this tiny bottle that contains an infinite amount of uh, Tropical Punch Kool-Aid mix. I've gotten like... 25 glasses out of it what at does, least. What did she buy this for? Like, so that, could, does she know you really like, like... Oh, is it- because I said, I said, you know what? I haven't had in a long time Tropical Punch Kool-Aid. I wonder if it's still the same. And, and she's like, well, I will get you some and we'll find out. And then she brought home this like concentrated sugar-free. And I was like, this isn't going to be the same. It was exactly the same. Wow. Um, and so I have been putting that into, into uh, seltzer. Or club soda. That's a good Pretty idea. good when it's when it's hot. I am starting to get sick of the flavor of Tropical Punch Kool-Aid, and I think that phase will be over if and when I ever finish the bottle. Well, I have good news for you. I bet there is nothing in that bottle that's gonna go bad. And you could probably just keep it in the fridge until next summer. That is a that is a good point. Yeah. 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 Speaking of of snacks. Yeah. What you snacking? Hey, what you snacking? You gotta tell me what you're snacking. Or I'll release the Kraken. So what you snacking? What you snacking? Speaking of like diet culture, so our household has been buying a lot of rice cakes lately. Rice cakes are tasty. Rice cakes are so delicious, but there's nothing that makes me feel like, I don't know, like somebody's going to think I'm on a diet more than having rice cakes in my grocery cart. Maybe unfair to rice cakes, but also probably they are marketed that way. So maybe not that unfair. Well, so everyone in my household probably including Gilbert, though I haven't let him try, uh, and Ames has not tried them yet, loves rice cakes with peanut butter. June also loves rice cakes spread with butter, which is a fantastic idea. Yeah, I'm not into that, but that's because I'm afraid of butter. Okay. Ash uh, makes like a stack of rice cakes spread with peanut butter. Puts like it in how a, big a stack? Like four rice wow. cakes. And like puts it in a Tupperware and takes it to work as like their snack in addition oh, to oh, lunch and whatever. Oh, but like they like take, they like... Like they take it take with them. They by, take the layers off. Right. No, I was imagining a stack of four and then like trying to like fit their mouth around no, it. No, 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 <laughs> like, a, um, like a Big Mac of rice cakes. So our favorite is the Lundberg like thin mm-hmm. stackers. Those are, it's a really good product. Uh, however, we haven't been able to find those in a while. So I've been buying Quaker lightly salted and they are extremely like puffy. Like it's a really delicate rice cake mouthfeel. <laughs> Okay. 
like really airy. Yeah, I know what you mean. Even more so than usual. So yeah, rice, did it rice say, cakes and peanut butter. Did it say on the package was there like a starburst in it and said like <laughs> now even airier now now even puffier now with extra air now. <laughs> anyway, and we use a Jif Natural peanut butter, which okay. I love. All right, so there you go. What am I snacking? Obviously, it's hazelnuts. Okay. Um. Hey, it's my week to do an now, but wow. I wanted to mention a piece of writing by a local Seattle writer, Angela Garbus. This was in the Washington Post in early August. So about about a month ago. Um, And it is a piece about her decision about maybe seven months ago now to get sober from alcohol and what she described as pills. What I really loved about it is she wrote about a phenomenon that is so common among people I know that many of us started drinking a lot more during COVID for all kinds of reasons. And that even though even though we're no longer in lockdown, the habit has been hard to break. And for instance, we lost Rachel Marshall here in Seattle um, due to um, liver failure as a result of alcoholism alcoholism that was exacerbated by COVID. And so what I really loved is Angela Garbez, who's a wonderful writer, also a wonderful reporter. The way that she wrote about this um, really vulnerably, um, particularly writing about like the lengths that she found herself going to to uh, to continue this habit and keep it secret. And it was just really relatable. I think uh, I I think that there are countless people in my life who I don't know about who will be benefited by this. Like people who I I don't even know that they're struggling. And so I just really feel like she did a, a, a public service to to put herself out there so vulnerably and in such a really vital and life saving way. Yeah, I think I think probably there are times when we could do a better job on this show, which which does, you know, do alcohol as a subject sometime of like making making it clear like how normalizing not drinking yeah um like that that is a thousand percent okay not to drink and that this should be considered like a totally normal thing that you run into all the time not like a weird thing i know it's been really refreshing well it's it's been interesting for me to notice that when you know because i i know a lot of people who are not drinking it's been so refreshing in many ways to notice that my mind doesn't automatically go to thinking oh they had a like a quote unquote problem um, or to pathologizing it right. because I, I do think that it's so much more common now and and so happily more common for yeah. people to to not be drinking. And anyway, yeah, I, I very much related to what Angela wrote in this piece in The Washington Post, just in the way that it is so easy to have something become a habit. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with the world we've been living in for yeah. the past few years. It's so easy to um, to just want to like treat ourselves. And yeah. in, in the end, I know that I'm really glad to be thinking more about the ways that I treat myself uh, so that I can make just 
different decisions now that uh, I have more choices because we're not in lockdown. Yeah, I'm thinking about like really exercising for the first time in a long time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, I've been trying to exercise a lot more this summer because I just I love to walk and I am much more willing to do so in the summer. So anyway, just like how I'm more willing to to drink um, uh, tropical tropical punch Kool-Aid. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, so we'll link to that article. Uh, If you haven't read it yet, please go read it. Um, I've also noticed that the Washington Post often uses paywalls, but I have not found that this piece is paywalled. Um, And I wonder if that is on purpose because it's like a public service that she wrote this piece. So anyway, uh, thanks to Angela Garbus uh, for writing this and go check it out. It's on the Washington Post. Uh, it, It was published on August 2nd. All right. And we'll link to that in the show notes. Our producer is Abby Circatella. You already know about Molly's and My Stuff. You know how to rate and review a podcast. You know where to find us on Reddit, but we'll tell you anyway. It's everythingspilledmilk.reddit.com. Thanks for listening to the show. Until next time. Celebrate good times. Come Come on. on. (laughs) Celebrate good times. Come on. I'm Matthew Esterburton. Uh, I'm Molly Weisenberg. I think that was pretty funny. Okay. Until next time, we're like a celebration for your face. <laughs> oh. oh no. We are um we're we're um My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. 